0: You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G,
1: D-O-D-G-E-R-S-T. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked on, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Vince and me uh, on Thursday nights sometimes and sometimes during Dodger games to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Locked on Dodgers is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential flying solo today, but not really because this episode is going to be clips from my very first uh, chat room on the locker room app that I just mentioned. We had a few people join us and uh, so that's what that's good. This episode is going to be snippets of that. Uh, overall, we went for about 40 minutes, and this won't be nearly that long, just some of the highlights, uh, but we're going to try to do mailbag episodes like this at least uh, at least some weeks because it's a lot of fun to hear your voices uh, asking the questions and having a conversation with you guys, so I hope that in future weeks, uh, we'll be sure to publicize these, and hopefully you'll hop in and join us on the Locker Room app because it's a lot of fun. Uh, so that's the plan today. I'm just going to share with you some of those snippets, but before I do, I want to remind you, please subscribe to locked on Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Dodgers. Uh, the only real news, Cody Bellinger hit a home run in his second start back from injury. Uh, he also had another hit and had a deep ish fly ball. So he looked pretty good. Uh, other than that, it was just your average spring training tie. Uh, so let's jump into the locker room snippets. Our first question came from Sean Coleman, who's actually the host of Locked On Grizzlies here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, he hopped in and, and had a question for me about the Dodgers and their budget.
2: Uh, but uh, but I did have a question for you real quickly, um, yeah. if, if that's all right. Um, I just wanted to ask real quickly, uh, when it comes to the Dodgers and the you know this season, obviously, they want to go forward again. But a lot of money coming off the books. Are they going to have enough money to pay Kershaw, Seager and Bellinger, or is there going to have to be a decision made between two out of them?
1: I mean, the, the Dodgers have enough money to pay whoever they want to. Um, I mean, they, they're making over $300 million a year just from their TV. Deal, gotcha. And that's if they never sold a, a single ticket, but you know, but there's the more practical question of how much they're willing to spend. And, And, you know, and a lot of that, a lot of it's going to depend on the next CBA because right now there's specific punishments in place for, for going over the the luxury tax limit or whatever, but that could all change in the next CBA. And so we won't really know because honestly, that's the only thing keeping the Dodgers from spending 300 or $400 million a year is the. The punishments in the CBA for going over the luxury tax, and so if those change or if the competitive balance numbers go up or whatever, that will that'll have a big impact. And a lot of that's going to come down to how how the union negotiates and what they're willing to to give up and, and all that. So I, I could see that going either way, but we won't really know until you know after the 2021 season and after. <laughs> potentially a, a labor stoppage if if it comes to that, but then we'll have a better idea what they can actually afford to do.
2: Well, personally, as a Braves fan, I hope the answer is no. Congratulations to y'all winning the World Series, by the way. I thought we had y'all, but he just wasn't there. Thanks for talking with me. Y'all have a great one. Pleasure hey, thanks, with
1: Sean. Thanks, Sean, for that. I uh, appreciate you jumping in. Sean has a little bit more experience with locker room than I do, and so uh, I appreciate him supporting our very first foray into the locker room app. Next question came from Erica Sist. She had a question about the rotation order.
0: Okay, so I actually have a question on how you think the starting pitching staff is going to be, how, how Dave Roberts is going to align it. And when, yeah, the- I say that, when I say that, I mean, do you think it'll be, you know, like Kershaw, Bueller, Price, Bauer, and then whoever number five is, I, I would assume at this point it's Julio just so you could have a left, right, left, right type of thing.
1: Did you envision that
0: at least initially? I,
1: you know, I could maybe see that, but, uh, I, I don't know that there's that much value, uh, in alternating the handedness of the pitchers in the rotation. And I don't know that that would outweigh the value of, uh, basically signing Trevor Bauer and then telling him, by the way, you're a number four starter. I, I don't know, like, if anybody was gonna, we know that Roberts loves to, to alternate his left, right in the batting order. Um, but I think I remember, and I, I wish I, I knew I'll have to look at into this after we're done here and, uh, maybe do a follow up, but, uh, it, I'm pretty sure there's been studies done that, uh, the handedness of one day's starting pitcher doesn't really change anything based on the handedness of the previous or next day's starting pitcher. I don't think, I mean, the Dodgers one time went like six years without a left, a start from a left-hander. When I was a teenager, it was like from 92 to 96 or something. They didn't have a single start from a left-hander between Bob Ojeda and Dennis Reyes, I think. Uh, and you know, they, they, I mean, maybe that's not the best example since the Dodgers during that era weren't actually very good, but maybe, maybe that was why, maybe we just figured out why with all those rookies of the year, they still couldn't, couldn't make the postseason. But, but yeah, I I think they're more likely just wanting to do, you know, you, you get the most starts for your best starters. And so when it comes to that, you know, your, your, your top three starters or top two starters, will get 33 starts in a season if they play the whole season and the other three get 32. Uh, So it's not that big a deal, Um, but I assume they'll go Kershaw, Bueller, Bauer, Price. Well, after those three, I I think that'll be the order of the first three. And then the question is, is Price even in the rotation or is he going to be pitching from the bullpen? And are they going to do a five or six man rotation? But but I I guess I don't really think they're going to worry too much about handedness uh, in, in setting the order of the rotation. All right. Our next question came from Steven Gardner. He's been a guest on this show in the past, and he asked a little bit about uh, when it's time to worry about spring training uh, performances. And then that kind of segued into talk about Dennis Santana, believe it or not.
2: So I watched a couple innings today and I saw, uh, I basically turned on the game. This is the first I've seen the Dodgers this spring, but, um, they uh, they had a five nothing lead. Price had the bases loaded, and you know he he left with a five two lead. And then Santana came in and was terrible. And 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 I think I, I'm just thinking about spring. It's like when do you when do you start to get concerned about? I think on offense, you know, it's good to see Ballinger hit a home run. I think that's a good sign. Um, you know, assuming there are more. But with a pitcher, how do you know that they're they've either got bad stuff or or they're just trying things because it's spring,
1: yeah, you know, I don't know that there is a point that you or I will know that, Steve, just because yeah. there's so much that that the team is privy to of you know what they're working on or whatever from you know from from my point of view, it looked like uh Price just didn't have great command, he had good control but not good command, so he was throwing a bunch of pitches in the strike zone, but not not good strikes. Mm -hmm. And so he was getting hit, um, not necessarily super hard, uh, it was death by a thousand cuts for the most part, but, uh, but in, in general, you don't want your pitcher to get a thousand cuts, you know? Um, but we don't know, uh, you know, we only know what price or the coaching staff tell us. And, uh, you know, so it could have just been a bad day. It could have been, he was working on something specific. And so, I think my answer is that since there's no real way for us to know anything that they don't tell us, I don't worry too much about it. And I, I trust that Dave Roberts and Mark Pryor were watching the same game that you and I were, and that they're going to figure out what they need to figure out and take all this stuff into account when they are determining who's going to be in the rotation and, and all those other things. Yeah,
2: and you had Santana, Santana on the 26-man roster, right?
1: I, I did as of yeah th- this morning's episode, um, and, and I, I still think it's it's likely that Santana probably does make the the opening day roster. Although after this implosion, uh, you know, there's a chance that maybe uh, maybe they go with Clevenger, uh, you know, go with a lefty instead of instead of Santana but you know what Santana brings to the table is the ability to throw multiple innings in relief and and honestly most of the time that you're having a guy throw multiple innings in relief you're not actually as concerned about how well he does right. you're you're more concerned about can he eat these innings because you know because we had a disaster start, or an injury, or something, and or even we're up by eleven runs. I see that Ben Caspic is in the room now, host of Lockdown On Giants. So hopefully against the Giants, you know the Dodgers will be up by eleven runs, and Santana gets some work that way. But you know, so so the actual quality of pitching, it, it sounds weird to say, but it's not actually maybe the most important thing uh, as to whether Dennis Santana makes the roster or not. All right, we're going to take a break, and I'll be back with more snippets from my locker room conversation. So keep it locked on, Dodgers. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. That's promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. I also want to talk to you about Locker Room. Uh, you're going to hear a lot about it this episode because that's how we did this episode. And it's a lot of fun. Like I said, this was my first real chance to use it. But uh, tell you a little bit about it. It's a live audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and use. Uh, you can talk to me and Vince. You can talk to other fans. There's a list of rooms. You can see scheduled rooms. You can see what's going on right now. And you could just jump in. If you go in there and say, oh, look, there's a, a room about the Lakers going on right now. You could jump in and you can listen you can uh you could talk, you can do all this stuff interacting with other fans. It's great for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news There's a ton of different things that go on on the locker room app uh and and I had a lot of fun using it so just remember it's free uh it's audio only and it's a great way to connect with other fans and Vince and I will be doing it, uh, like I said, pretty regularly, uh, at least once a week, I would think, uh, either for mailbag episodes or just to to talk during a game, maybe a, a, you know, watch, a watch party while we're all watching the Dodgers together. So all you need to do is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group. Follow me at Snydog to be notified when my room goes live, We'll be going live on Locker Room, like I said, pretty regularly. So come with your spiciest takes, and we will have so much fun talking to you. Simply download the app in the iOS store. Join me on Locker Room. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's jump back into my... uh, Locker room chat, uh, Ben Caspic, I mentioned in in the answer to Steve's question about Dennis Santana, I mentioned that Ben Caspic from Locked on Giants had jumped into the room and Ben uh, had a question about, you know, basically why the Giants seem to play the Dodgers so tough even when they're not as good as them. Uh, maybe he didn't put it quite that way, but it's pretty close. How are you doing, Ben?
0: I'm good. I'm watching a Giants game on TV. There's not a lot of them this spring. Make
1: up your mind. Are you good or are you watching the Giants?
0: (laughs) Hey, they're winning right now.
1: Uh, Next week, Ben and I will be doing our our crossover episode, I think, right? That's scheduled for next Wednesday?
0: Uh, I think we actually – I have an off day, and then, you know, it's my off week, and then we do it right before the season, the Wednesday, like the day before the season starts. The best oh, that's right.
1: So I think we've – oh, Vince is doing with, uh, with the locked-on d next week. That's what it is. And then you and me in two weeks. So that'll be fun. You have any Dodger topics you want to talk about, Ben?
0: One thing I was thinking about as I was listening to you was just I noticed that the Dodgers obviously have dominated the league for the last eight years or so. Um, but if you look back over that period of time – The Giants have actually played them tough, like, the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's basically been about 500, I think, which is crazy to think about, given how great the Dodgers' overall record has been. I'll have to verify that. I'll probably come armed with that for our crossover as, you know, one thing I can say to defend my team right now. But I just thought that was interesting. It just seems like they always play these tight games. I always expect the Dodgers to come in and just blow us up but it it seems to be tight each and every year somehow.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that too. Like no matter whether the Dodgers are a lot better than the Giants or only a little bit better, it seems like the games are close really often. And I think some of that just has to do with, I I think the players really buy into this rivalry. And for some reason, whatever reason, I think Giants fans care a little bit more about the rivalry than Dodger fans do. And so maybe it, it suits the Giants to be, kind of the underdog in that situation to come in and be able to, you know, the go up against, obviously at the beginning of this run, the, the giants, uh, you know, had won two of the last three world series and, and won it again in year two of the Dodgers dominance of the division. Um, but the last few years, there is kind of that underdog feel and I, maybe it's easier to play loose or something uh, and, and kind of come in motivated to, to, beat the the big brother or whatever. I think the Padres do the same thing. I've noticed the Giants and Padres both play the Dodgers really tough, and I think there's some aspect of spunky little brotherness in that.
0: I think that's right. I feel like the Giants get up for those games, and there's a lot of intensity and focus, and it means a lot to them because, you know, yeah, it's it's a David and Goliath situation. Even though, you know, the Giants have had a lot of success in the not-too-recent past, The Dodgers have just been that good that you get – it's like when the Warriors were at their best. Teams just like got up for those games because they're the team you want to beat. And I also just feel like though the Dodgers offense sometimes just like goes to sleep at Oracle Park. I don't know if I'm making that up or imagining it. But I've just seen a lot like guys come up, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Corey Seager – and they just like have weak at bats sometimes, and it's like, whoa, I'm not used to seeing those guys have weak at bats ever. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what that's about, or if I'm just imagining that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's probably. I, I think there's some reality there. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know if it has to do with Oracle Park, or if it has to do. You know, it could just go back to, you know, for some reason tie block. Like for the right. first year and a half of his Giants career, he dominated the Dodgers. And then the Dodgers realized, oh, this is Ty Block. And they treated him like <laughs> Ty Block. But, but you know, at the beginning, it's like, is this Ty Block or is it Madison Bung Runner Part 2? <laughs> a- and, you know, and I don't know if it's, if it just is the rivalry and guys, you know, pitchers bearing down more or something. Uh, obviously, Oracle Park isn't a super fun place for a hitter to hit. Uh, but you know, it's the same for everybody. And so uh, I've, I've noticed that too. I do think that maybe this current team is a little bit more slump proof uh, than, than some of the previous iterations of the Dodgers. Obviously, individuals will still have slumps, but but when you've got a lineup of, you know, nine or 10 guys who are all pretty good hitters, the chances that they're all going to slump at the same time. I mean, that's why the Dodgers didn't get shut out a single time last year because it's really hard to keep this offense down for a full nine innings. And, uh, you know, the one time it came close, Mookie Betts hit a game-tying home run in a one nothing game in the ninth inning, and the Dodgers ended up winning the game in the closest that they came to getting shut out. Uh, and just because it really is hard to, to keep this many good hitters down for a whole game. And so I'm hopeful that we won't see that same dynamic this year uh, and that the Dodgers will uh, – be able to treat some of those Giants pitchers the way they deserve to be treated, if you know what I mean. These next couple clips are Ben talking about, Ben and me, and Steve jumping in, talking about the Giants being good and how that's fun, and uh, and being gracious in, uh, in letting other teams be good within the division uh, now that the Dodgers have won the World Series.
0: I don't know what projections are saying exactly, but upwards of a hundred wins or close to a hundred wins, just to have that kind of projection each and every year is absolutely crazy. No other team has been able to do that. Like with the consistency that the Dodgers have, it's absolutely incredible. And it's the, it's the gold standard of the entire sport. So
1: I do agree with you that, that, you know, I I do hope the giants get good. I, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of non-interesting too. You know, but, but, but when, when I look back at, you know, some of these seasons that have been so magical, you know, a lot of it is close games when the Dodgers had the, the walk-off weekend against the Rockies, you know, three straight games where rookies hit walk-off home runs and that can't happen if you're not playing against a competitive team. You know, a lot of the highlights we think of, you know, I think of Cody Bellinger's walk-off homer in the 10th inning against you Lopez of the D-backs. You know that, and that was such a huge moment for a lot of reasons. And you know, or even going back, you know, to to Matt Kemp, back-to-back days hitting walk-offs against Archie Bradley. All those things happen when you do have a competitive division, and so you're having competitive games. And uh, in the end, I will take 162 and 0, winning games 10 to nothing, and winning the World Series but probably only for one year. I think I'd get tired of it after a year. And so, you know, in a way, I'm bummed that Farhan Zaidi is uh, smart and works for the Giants. But in another way, I, I'm i excited about it because I think he's doing good stuff over there, and and it's more fun to beat the Giants when the Giants are good than when, uh, when it's like, oh, well, it's just the Giants.
2: Having my guys win the World Series finally, it. Um, it makes me a lot more gracious and a lot more accepting of competition within the division. Mm. Um, Cause it, yeah, I mean you, <laughs> you would know, and this is the way I used to tease giants fans for years and years, you know, when that, win the championship and then come talk to me, well then you did, you won three of them. And, <laughs> and it, it, uh, it does remove some of the burden. It's like, yeah, we, you know, this game is fun now again. And um, yeah, so I, just just from a from an emotional place winning that world series makes it a lot more I'm, I'm glad the padres didn't get this good um i mean they almost did last year but i'm glad they didn't get this good sooner
1: i i think we need to tap the brakes a little bit on the padres and just remember they haven't proven anything yet
2: you, you, you are know? correct
1: and, and uh you know and, and some of that like I, I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like when's the last time that the team that won the offseason actually had a good season? Um, I mean, the Padres won the offseason a couple of years ago when they signed Machado, didn't they? Uh, I guess that was the same year that Bryce Harper signed. Uh, so maybe the Phillies won that offseason, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not the first time that the Padres have thrown money at their problems. And, you know, we'll see. There's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks in their rotation when, when, you know, Blake Snell could be really good or, you know, he, he's so excited to have a manager who's going to let him face the order a third time. And maybe uh, he finds uh, out, Hey, maybe there's a reason Kevin Cash wasn't letting you do that. You know you um, Darvish, you know, I think all of us know that you Darvish is sometimes good and sometimes not good. And, and so, you know, and then uh, that other guy, yeah. Okay. D- Denelson Lamette. Sorry. Um, yeah. Lamette. He's a, uh, you know, he, he hurt, we right? don't know if he's yeah. healthy. Right. He hasn't really put it together yet. He's a very talented pitcher. Um, you know, Chris Paddock is uh was good for a couple months and then has looked really bad. So you know, and and they traded for Joe Musgrove and people are talking about. I don't know if they're grading on a curve or something, but it's like there's Joe Musgrove who his next good season will be his first and people are all excited about that trade. And then the Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer and, and people said, well, he's only had two elite seasons, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, may, maybe, maybe uh, I, I understand the impulse to, to want somebody to compete with the Dodgers, but uh, a- until they actually do it on the field uh, you know, I mean, in a 60 game season, they finished what six or seven games behind the Dodgers. So What's that over the course of a full season? That's a 15 game deficit. You know, if the Dodgers win 105 games and the Padres win 90, can we really say that the Padres have arrived? You know, 90 wins is obviously better for their fans and, and better for them. But uh yeah, they're, they're going to have to show it to me on the field before I'm really buying into it. All right, we've been telling you all about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar madness. Today's matchup is... Salted caramel against cookie dough chunk. Ooh, this is like my wife against me. My wife loves anything salted caramel flavor and cookie dough is my favorite thing in the world. So, uh, I hope my wife doesn't find out about this, this vote because it might be the end of our marriage or at least cause a little strain. Uh, but the good news is we have a bunch of built bars in the pantry and that will make her happy because she thinks they are delicious and she loves that they are healthy. So uh, you can go over to builtbar.com and you can vote. It's at builtbar.com slash pages slash brackets. You can also follow them on Twitter at bar underscore built. And while you're at BuiltBar.com, go ahead and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back regularly to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. From team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game, Locked on MLB Prospects is the best way to to stay plugged in on the future of your favorite team. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back, and we are going to finish up this conversation. Uh, I, I want to thank everybody who joined me in the locker room uh chat. I don't just in the locker room, I don't, that's going to be the hardest part about this, figuring out the terminology, but whatever it is, the locker room room, I guess. Uh, I appreciate those of you who joined me. It wasn't a big group, but I, I joked we went for quality over quantity this time, uh, but let's go for quality and quantity next time. Uh, please continue to follow us on ins- Instagram and Twitter. We will publicize when, uh, when we're going to go into locker room and go live, and you can be part of the show. You can, we can just talk Dodgers. We can just shoot the breeze. So, uh, but finishing up, uh, Ben from locked on Giants stayed in there. I cut out a bunch of what Ben and I talked about because as I mentioned, he and I will be doing a crossover episode in two weeks and we don't want to use all the good stuff. Uh, and you know want to leave you wanting more, a little bit of FOMO fear of missing out, knowing that there's stuff that we talked about in locker room that you didn't get to hear on this episode. Uh, but I mentioned to, to Ben, a little bit that the Dodgers kind of underachieved last year. And then, uh, you know, going back to my talk earlier in the previous segment about the, the Padres, you may not being as bullish on the Padres as a lot of people are Ben kind of talked about his thoughts on having to do it for a full season. The Dodgers last year, they won 43 games, which is 116 win pace. And, and then that was with Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, both being bad. And it was with Justin Turner and Mookie Betts both not hitting off lefties, which they normally do. Uh, so there was room for improvement uh, over last year's team anyway. And then, oh, yeah, also, they signed the reigning Cy Young Award winner. So uh, it's uh, if I wasn't a Dodger fan, I would hate the Dodgers right now.
0: And I agree with you. They, they have not done it over a full season. They had Tatis. They had Machado. They had Paddock in 2019 and they were like 72 and 90 or something so they did seem to arrive that's the thing i'll say they haven't proven it but i do think like when you look at projection systems they actually have these two teams being kind of close which is the first time we've seen that it is a computer and the games happen on the field but i do think it's legit that they're probably the most the team that's most on paper challenged the Dodgers in quite a few number of years here.
1: Yeah. In my and opinion. yeah. in your crossover episode with the D backs, you know, you guys titled it the, the battle for third place. And exactly. you know, I, I think that's right. I mean, obviously the Dodgers and Padres are, it would be a shock if they don't finish one, two in the division. Uh, just for me, it would be a shock if they don't finish one, two in that order. And I think other people are buying more into the Padres chances of winning the division than I am. Uh, but I do, ex- I, I do expect the Padres to win 90-ish games, probably, and uh, and that's good for them. That's that's definitely a good thing. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, as, again, I want to thank Eric Assist, Stephen Gardner, um, Sean Coleman, and Ben kaspic for their questions on this episode. Uh, always fun to talk about the Dodgers. Uh, even with a Giants fan and uh, and a Braves fan. So luckily there was a couple Dodger fans too. But thank you all for listening. If you haven't yet subscribed to Locked on Dodgers, please do it now. Uh, you can su- subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you have Apple podcasts, even if you don't use it, go ahead and subscribe there. That will help other people find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. And the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is lockedondodgers at gmail.com and our phone number is 323-863-LOC5625, so you can leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text there anytime you want. We are here every weekday morning and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree, you just have to listen. We'll talk to you on Monday. D.
0: I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S.
1: The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs, them are Los Angeles, you Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.